Hallelujah and holy shit, what a fucking time to be alive. Episode 12 of Cocktails and Questions, the podcast where each episode we have some cocktails and talk about the world of technology and business. Coming up on the, what is it, the heels of 2018, James and Ben and I sat around and we made some predictions that we think will come true, and we made some predictions that most likely won't, and most likely hopefully won't. Tune in, you'll see what I'm talking about. But we talk about everything from AI, obviously, we talk about Amazon, obviously, and the de-evolution or evolution, depending on which lens you'd like to look through, of privacy. And with it, what comes with it? A lot of fun stuff, I think, but not as much fun as we've had this year recording this podcast for you guys. So do us a favor, rate the show, review the show, tell all of your friends, check out cocktailsandquestions.com and help us roll into a healthy and happy 2018 from our family to yours. Cannot wait. Tune in and drink up. This is Cocktails and Questions. All right. What's going on, everybody? It's December of 2017. At the time of recording, Bitcoin price is a bit over $16,000, which means James has lost over $15,000. That's not true. Congratulations. I was up $200 on Bitcoin when I sold it. And uh, Satoshi, whatever, is a 16 billionaire. But um, if you listen, you can hear a couple of things in the background. Uh, One is 2018 coming, which means 2020 is almost here, which blows my mind every time I say it. It's two years away. And unfortunately, the death toll of net neutrality. So before oh, we get into this. a little bit of the 40 yeah. for our friend net neutrality. You want to give us 30 seconds of the Lanyanism? Oh, do I have to? I mean, like, I think everybody knows this, right? This was the one thing leveling the playing field yeah. for everyone. It's not like, I mean, this was the thing that everybody needed for just a better world. Things that we've become dependent on. Internet speeds that don't suck, but also don't cost an arm and a leg. I really shudder to think. In fact, one of our team members wrote a great message in our Slack channel today. I'm going to go find it real quick because it was so funny. It was, um, oh, my $340 a month internet plan doesn't bundle Slack. It was nice knowing you. Like, that's <laughs> what people are planning on. So I'm really sad that, that, um, that but there seems to be a very aggressive grassroots push on a yeah. state-by-state basis. Lots of lawsuits being filed. So we can only hope that maybe... Collectively, arrive like at our senses, and you know, don't do you, reap the worst <laughs> apocalyptic things. Do you have a alternative or an echoing point of view? No, man. I think it's a big day, and um, I mean, you saw the bomb threat that came, which was just a completely crazy thing. But there is so much opposition from so many different facts facets in the U.S., and I think that it's going to be really interesting to see. Once people start to realize what this means, yeah. I think most people don't. I don't think they have any understanding of what it means or what it could mean. Um, the flip side is, you know, people will say that there is competition out there. I know you said this a lot, Brandon, right? That you know, are people really going to throttle the inter- the internet, and are they going to provide bad service? And instead, will people go elsewhere? Will they? Will yeah. the market actually allow that? Ah, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting, man. What a good way to start 2018. <laughs> God. Yeah, you know, I mean, like, honestly, if you look at it, though, it's, it's the majority of, of the ISPs are, are bundled up with cable companies. And cable's a bundled product. So they're going to force you to take all the channels that you don't want. And then they're going to break up the Internet and take away the things that you do want. It's not – it's really bad. Yeah. I'm very unhappy about Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll take a, a, a fake optimistic view because I do think do that. Um, the Internet's the greatest inflection point of mankind i mean like the, the freedom of knowledge you can go on and on and on about why this thing is the the major catalyst to not only uh today's society but the evolution of humans like it, 
it's a sad day, but also like, I think it will find a way. Like, like, you know, you, you were saying that I, I say that like the market finds a way humans find a way. Um, and in a, a contrarian, like one off email back to somebody at one point, I said, I'm not worried about it. It looks a lot the same and it will probably end like prohibition anyway. Um, and, and it, it's just going to go that way because they're going to chase money and people, once you know that, of what it's like with free internet, you can't go without. And actually, I mean, we experienced some of it already. Um, but I'll, I'll be optimistic and say it'll sort itself out. You know, my hope is that the internet is kind of like water, like it finds its way through exactly right. anything and, uh, people in China may actually disagree, but even the way that they're <laughs> able Korea. to pass. Yeah. But even the way they're able to pass things through USB, I mean, there's, there's, it's, it's always found its, its way around. I think it's, it's unfortunate that that's the situation that we're in, but who knows? I, I think that I'm hopeful that it's, it doesn't have as bad of an impact as it possibly yeah, can. I mean, I think I, I think I probably talking about prohibition made it a little, uh, lightweight. It's, it's more like a Plato's cave scenario, right? Like you cannot unsee what the world is like mm-hmm. and you can't pretend like it never happened. But you know, if you think about it, this is really just going to force Netflix and YouTube and the other major digital properties to go all in kind of like Amazon has in its own logistics investments and things like that. They're just going to have to take control. They're going to start offering their own. Like, that's the only answer because there's no way these properties are going to – Amazon's not going to go and be at the behest. And they're certainly not going to pay a ransom toll. Like, they're going to go start their own internet. And I wouldn't be surprised if you saw two kinds of internet, one of which is your ISP provided and then one of which is, like, your service provider internet. Mm-hmm. And people are going to go with the service – I should say not service provider, but you know what I'm talking about, the merchant-provided yeah. internet. So that's what only people want anyhow. So, so here, here, optimism on the death of net neutrality from cocktails and questions. Um, but as we round out 2017 and we run up very quickly to 2018, it's so the middle of December. Holy shit. Um, we're thinking Crazy. about it, right? Crazy. So uh, we would not have a job in technology and business or be able to do this uh, podcast if we didn't predict things. It's part of why people pay us money to do the things that we do is because we look at trends, be it market consumer, both separate, whatever. Um, so as we think about it, what are some of the things you're excited about, Ben? Number one prediction this year. So I look back 2017, you're the platform. We think we all agreed on that. We actually did an entire podcast around that. There are tools being built to make it easier for developers to create things. So you talk about AR kit, AR core, um, you know, machine learning bench from Microsoft, all of these things that are going that I think we're going to see massive innovation in the next 12 to 18 months because of. Um, so we're talking about those as platforms, but I think that there were some platforms assembled this year that we maybe didn't talk about as much because they're different types of platforms. So my vote platform of the year, Amazon, Amazon is platform, not here, because here. of the fact mm-hmm. that they did echo or Echo Show or across the board, AWS, it's because they have finally come to the point where they've got all their shit together. They've got their ducks in a row. They've got the logistics filled out. They've got pricing filled out. They've got sourcing. They've got all of these things. And for the first time, we started to get a peek into what Jeff Bezos is thinking about doing. And this is my prediction that Amazon becomes a platform for brands. And then in the next 12 months, they make three massive brand acquisitions so think about whole foods they bought whole foods not because it's whole foods they bought whole foods because today you could actually buy a steak from amazon and it wouldn't be creepy right 
eight months might, ago, might not would be you good, buy? but it won't be. Good. <laughs> but if it was from Whole Foods, you would do it. You buy it from Instacart. Why wouldn't you buy it from Whole Foods and from Amazon? And so they've opened this door up to this entire other category. They did it in one day, paid $16 billion for it. The stock price goes up $17 billion. Not only did they pay for it, they made a billion dollars. Break even in 24 hours. And, mm-hmm. and they've got this platform. They're in an entirely new market. I think they're testing it. And I was over there for lunch today. At it Amazon or at Whole Foods? At Whole Foods. Amazon, same thing, <laughs> right? Uh, and it doesn't look that different. They've got a couple of echoes, you know, at point of sale. But I think they're pulling in the data. They're proving out this, this methodology or this platform. And I think they're going to go on an acquisition spree. So things that I would look at are, you know, first physical location. So Nordstrom's is the one that pops up at the top of everybody's list, but Agreed. you take quality, you take the, the, what Nordstrom's has always been known for just that service element. You layer that on top of Amazon cause they're not really known for service. They're known for speed. They're known for efficiency. They're known for price, but they're not known for that kind of service. And they're not known for that high end part of the market. So you go with Nordstrom's. Then I think that they go into, they're, they're gotta go into somewhere in the home improvement space. So uh, I think Ace Hardware actually fits really well for them because of the footprint inside small towns across America. Lowe's could be a potential, but I think Ace probably fits them a little bit better. So I think they'll do that. And then I think they're going to go into the fashion sector huge. They launched multiple Mm. private label brands this year. They've been doing really well with them. We'll see what the holiday season looks like, but I think they start to target Warby Parker. I read a stat. So 80% of people who've bought from Warby Parker shop at Whole Foods. So it's already their customer base. I mean, all they got to do is put some glasses in the damn checkout aisle and they, <laughs> they've captured the entire market. Uh, Ministry of Supply. I think that's one that they're probably going to look at. And then Lululemon. I would not be surprised if they go that after that leisure sense. wear, athleisure play. play. It's athleisure, um, please. If you could I just think that one. I think it's going to be Under Armour. Under Armour is very weak in state. Right really, now. I did not think Super about weak. that. Yeah, I, I, they're they're weak in. So if you think about, Damn, I, I don't mean big, I, No, that, that that's, seriously, this is a great topic of discussion. Yeah. If you think back to a couple of episodes ago, one of the far-reaching predictions I made was at some point uh, the dominant operating system in North America is going to transition from iOS to Alexa. That's where we're going, and it makes perfect sense. And that's not 2018 prediction, but I feel very good about that. Um, looking at what you're talking about, I think it's a mandatory for uh, Jeff Bezos and Amazon, in for a penny, in for a pound. They make so many big bets. And a lot of the bets that they've made in terms of improving their logistics and warehouse and robots, you know, those are things that the category is already starting to try and catch up to. So if you think about where Amazon's going, they can't maintain this trajectory of superiority on their current business plan forever. The Target just bought shipped for uh, $550 million in this last week. You know, we see curbside uh, is picking up clients left and right. Everybody thought they were kind of dor- uh, dormant for a while, but uh, they're coming back up. So all of these Amazon-like creature comforts are going to become common. So Amazon has to do something else. Um, absolutely agree. Um, Ace Hardware is perfect. Um, I think about Warby Parker, that makes a lot of sense. For me, Under Armour has been so beaten down by their own sort of insouciance that, uh, and that's not a buzzword. That's a you've a used two. You've used insouciance and in for penny, in for pound, which is <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm like, got I'm, the buzz I'm wearing the my monocle collar. and I'm twizzling my mustache. No, uh, I'll take my tea. I, 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 I mean, you could go so many different directions. That would with be a that. huge, huge. But they have like an infinite supply of cash right now. Like yeah. they're just to your point, Brandon. Like and trying to be a tech company. Yeah. 
buying Matt my fitness. Uh, yes. So, I mean, that's that makes, so that my, makes a lot of sense. So I have a couple of positions in this podcast and in life. One is I play dumb even when I am dumb. And then two is I take the contrarian point of view because I f- find it fun. Humble bragging does not become so, you. I just call myself dumb and rigid. Yeah, but I saw the look on your face. I don't think you really believe and, it. Uh, uh, all too real. So here, here's why my gut is to say that they won't do it. And here's why. Because Whole Foods gave the warm and fuzziness that Amazon lacked, right? So in a podcast long ago, I talked about the only face of that company is a guy who looks like a Bond villain mm-hmm. and some <laughs> disembodied voice that comes through a smart speaker. That's it. But they took Whole Foods, which is all of the warm and fuzzies in the world, right? Nordstrom makes total sense from the service and the face. How about Macy's? Macy's is in the worst shape. But it's not, but my point, but but you're you're highlighting my point. Hold on. You're highlighting my point. Whole Foods is a premium brand. Mm -hmm. Nordstrom is a premium brand. Ace, nobody gives a shit about because screws are screws. I don't think Under Armour fits. But it's a place for the helpful hardware folks. They are helpful. (laughs) But presupposing that they buy Nordstrom, which which to me is a no-brainer, Under Armour does not fit. Under Armour is not what people who shop at Whole Foods and Nordstrom wear. I honestly think you're seeing patterns that don't exist. I, 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 you look at if you're looking for patterns, they would have bought Safeway or Publix. Like they would have bought actual business rationalized. No, 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 things. no. They're buying brands. And I my think point. that Under Armour. So Under you know what? I'm going back. Brand. Change. That's yes. a stupid idea, James. I'm on Brandon's side. <laughs> Thank you. You know what? Now that he Ow, said that, it's that the beard, dude. It's hypnotizing. It's I'm telling you. But happens. no, because. I understand where you're coming from. They're, what they want is they want premium. They don't Correct. need. They can go make almost everything that Under Armour makes. Probably more. They could do it on their own. Source it. So they're going to look for a brand. I think Under Armour could be that brand, but not at this moment in time. And what they haven't done is they haven't made Under Armour. Talk about leisure wear. They have not made that shift, and that's what's killed their. They've stock tried. Price. They tried, and they can't do it because they started out with this angry, aggressive logo that doesn't translate to the multi-billion-dollar athleisure market that Lululemon uh, represents. Uh, uh, so, Ace Hardware is to Home Depot no. as Ace Under Armour, Armour is to fill in the blank. Just Mm-mm. work with me here, Nike. So when you look at it, in fact, in reality, the pattern is they actually go after lower tier, even in your own logic, Ben, those are all sort of like lower tier, maybe like second or third position companies. I mean, like Ace Hardware, distant third yep. to, to Home Depot but and Lowe's. I, but I said that I'm not taking Ace Hardware into that account because people don't identify You're with where they're with me? They do. From. What? They no. do. They absolutely do. They do. All right. So Amazon Plus. Yep. So there are three, ma- three main acquisitions. Three call major. Nordstrom. You think Ace? I'm thinking Ace, if not Ace Lowe's. We know they're going into pharmaceuticals. We know that's a huge one. So then I'm thinking that they buy Warby Parker, Lululemon, or Ministry of Supply, one of those. All right. The, the Warby Parker thing made me laugh. I, I shared out an article earlier, and it was, uh, does ED, does the rise of, or people's preference for sour cream cause bicycle accidents? And so That's that whole correlation. So I was thinking about artificial intelligence and, and, and going in to some topics of 2018. I'm sure this will come up, but um, it's why you still need humans. And so essentially they just gave all these mega data sets to this AI. And it was like, here's everything that makes sense together. And it was everything from Nicolas Cage appearing in movies to uh, the price of Coca-Cola or something like that. They both, like whenever he's in a movie, the price goes up, so on and so forth. But the main one was... I see uh, that. That makes a lot of sense. ...was, uh, was uh, the more that people eat sour cream, the more motorcycle accidents happen. 
Yeah. No, I get it. But that, I mean, that's, that's like a Warby Parker thing. Like you get all jacked like, up yeah. on sour cream and then take your bike Coca-Cola, out. Coca-Cola, watch a Nick yeah. Cage movie and get in an accident. Dude, that's, just, that's a recipe for disaster. <laughs> so we got your prediction for 2018. James? So for 2018, I see... Uh, the trend of AI going to work, right? We think about what we've seen in 2017, and artificial intelligence uh, has grabbed the public consciousness, whether it's your fear of being slaughtered by it in the future, or you as a corporate executive looking to reap its many, many benefits. Everybody seems to be very fixated by it, as we've touched on in previous podcasts, not the least of which is our friends, Sergey Brin, Elon Musk, things like that. Despite all of those headlines, though, the most important discussions, I think, have been the success stories of AI implementations uh, in real-world commercial Good thing you moved all the way across the room to open that beer. Nobody heard that beer. (laughs) Sorry, the biggest commercial success. So remember, do not pay. That was that uh, bot that would go and fight tickets for you. It's been phenomenally successful, so much so they've actually launched a thousand different bots that they're testing in various different capacities. And now people are talking about, you know, AI running pharmacies and, uh, you know, what they call um, algorithmic design. So that's assistance in engineering. So my prediction is in 2018, we're going to see uh, a mini explosion in AI you can buy and put to work for you. It's actually going to enter the workforce in a very productive way, and it's going to accelerate a lot of these things that people have actually been very worried about in terms of displacement. We'll actually start to see that. It's not a great thing to think about, but I think if you can get out ahead of it and kind of think through it, you can um, harness it. And I think you can actually work with it as opposed to it working against you. So talk about do not pay, just so people understand. What, what are we talking about here? So That's do a great not example. pay was an artificial intelligence application that goes in, uh, in the London ticket system. So London's a very congested city and they have, you know, millions of drivers and they've actually struggled with over the years whether or not to impose like a commuter tax, things like that, just because there are so many traffic issues, like every major metropolitan um, city with uh, do not pay it would actually go and contest your ticket through their system and it won over and over and over again i think the stat was 75 to 80 percent of the tickets at fots were dismissed right uh because the city itself didn't actually have anything to fight back with they're like yeah you're right you shouldn't have to pay for that and so people just went nuts they're like oh my god absolutely and uh, when we look at it that's just artificial intelligence going to work it doesn't get tired it doesn't stray off its task It doesn't go and surf the web. All it does is that one thing that you program it to do, but it uses human-like intellect in order to figure out the system and game it. And that's why. So your prediction is that this year we start to see more of those in a meaningful way. Absolutely, I think we see uh, a portfolio of applications like that in different. Like, what's another example? Uh, One of the things we talked about was uh, journalism. Uh, Has been up and coming, and I think that's been a little rough. Um, But uh, robo journalists have been seeing some success. And when you think about uh, all of the fake news out there, the flip side of the coin has been, is AI going to be able to combat fake news? Well, why not write the news, right? Um, We talked about AI um, being involved in call centers. You know, the whole idea is like, is it involved in call center analytics? And on top of it, is it actually handling customer relationships actively, right? Um, I think it can scale down or up and down from very, very novel things like do not pay um, to very sophisticated things like actually doing first rendering of architectural jobs. Um, but I do, I very, I very much believe that we'll start seeing that not only in headlines, but in applications and in our professional life. So what happens when, so I, I agree with you to the, not in 2018 about like the, the article generation. Cause I like it can, it does a really good job with like data and stats, which is why it works sports well. Scores, stuff sports like scores, that. shit like that. Like where it's like dead simple. Like there's not a whole lot of context. It's like facts in and out, which is why it does really well with the law. When you were talking, I was like, what happens when the court system gets a bot 
And what's the end, right? Because really, really My what it is... fights your body. Exactly. Because what you're talking about is an automated system that takes people's time to show up. Because like there's the same stats hold true that if you go to court to combat a ticket, they'll, they'll dismiss it because that means that the, you know, the ticketing officer needs to get off work. They need to defend it. Blah, 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 blah. But now you have two bots going against each other. So what does that do to litigation? And do you see that happening? Uh, in litigation, I'm sorry, because I was backing up when you were talking, I was already thinking about the other applications that you've been seeing in law firms where they're talking about, uh, what used to take an associate, like 500 billable hours can be done in a matter of about 10 minutes by these applications. For discovery. Yeah. yeah. Discovery, document it's preparation. Contract negotiation. Yeah. Does, does this break what I know to be true of our yeah. MSA guidelines? What you're right? talking about in a more far ranging sense is what they call thing commerce, right. where you have actually two authorized agents kind of going and negotiating back and forth with one another with pre-authorized sort of barriers uh, or buffers of accepted outcomes. Um, so, yeah, I, I totally see that. But I looked at, I actually was doing some research, and one of the most interesting things I saw um, is Royal Caribbean actually has AI helping run its bartender system, right? Like, there's there's all sorts of things out there right now. The question is, can these things start creeping out from some of the proprietary owners, like we talked about at the beginning of Life 3.0, right? Like, AI wants to get out. Um, and can it start finding its way into mainstream usage? So I totally agree with you that this is a year that discrete tasks that take too much time individually that are confined to, for the most part, filling out a form or in the strict guidelines of a legal application. Other things like that are uh, setting up meetings, you know, rote tasks that you do over and over. So X.AI is awesome if you haven't tried it. It's a, it's a great, it, it'll, it'll essentially be your personal assistant set up meetings without people even knowing that. Uh, I've seen things in the area of permitting. So trying to go through and get a permit, yeah. all, you, all the things you have to do to go through city. I've seen some really cool stuff there. I think, I think you're right. I think that's going to happen. I think what will be interesting is do we continue to see these as disparate services, much like you have from apps and web apps or does somebody start to roll them up and get to more of a general purpose AI that helps you solve maybe the three or four problems that are more important? Because most of those are edge cases. Mm -hmm. Hopefully you're not getting a ticket every day. Hopefully you're not Speak for yourself. That's true. So do you mean mean in 2018 or do you mean in general? So I mean in 2018, I think we'll see hundreds of these pop up. Correct. Where there's a specific purpose and AI is able to remove all of the time or just beat the hell out of something like it can with a parking ticket and nobody nobody wants to contest it on the city side. I don't think there's any way we're going to see that roll up of that uh, of multiple versions of that into one service in 2018. I think that's interesting because I got to go find all of these things on my own. It's it's not it's not as useful but it is itself. in the form of an Alexa skill, right? Yeah. Or something that Google Assistant can plug into. So if you play around with exactly. Google Assistant, it's actually not a bad environment and you ask it questions and it talks to you. But what if you get in addition to saying, yeah, by the way, the weather is, or can I do this or can I do that? You know, like it just says, hey, by the way, I was talking to the court today. They'll let you off if you do this, right? And like it just starts to run all of these little nettlesome tasks, right? And the difference between AI and apps is very clear. Apps are something you use. AI is going to go work for you. It's going to do things for you and come back. So I'm, I'm really big on that. I think it's going to be very prevalent in 2018. I like it. I like it. Brandon, what about you? Yeah. You had to make a prediction. What's it's happening an, in 2018? So I hope 
God willing, the levy don't break. I, I uh, hope that James's prediction is correct. And it's only going to be correct on predicated on the back of my prediction. So I think when you so look, his prediction only comes true if yours does. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. I, I think it, in order for this to <laughs> happen, there we go. Nice. In order for that to happen, you have to, depending on your lens on the world, you have to either evolve or devolve your sense of privacy. And I think when you look at 2017, there's, there's probably two, maybe three main things that pop out that are Trojan horses of the complete disruption of privacy in my mind. So I think you know. Uh, as I slowly unplugged all of our listening devices <laughs> um, uh, to keep them from being evoked. Uh, Alexa's the Trojan horse for AI. You wrap it in a friendly voice. It can kind of do some cute shit. You play some games with it, whatever. Um, but you saw the extension of that. So we did two podcasts and, and nothing but hardware based around intelligence, both Google and Alexa, right? Um, they have found the ears into people's homes, right? Um, in order for them to work, you got to get a, you got to give up. Uh, login credentials to financial services. You have to give up access to your calendar. You have to give up access, even read-write access to your emails, things like that, right? But people do that unwillingly. Like the door of values cracked open, it jumps in and then you forget that you left the back door open or something like that, right? Second of that would be, um, second of that would be the uh, iPhone 10 are now the eyes of AI, right? So if you actually look into how that thing is constructed and the the Xbox Connect that they jammed into this form factor, that's always watching and measuring and doing all these things, man. Like, you've now got the eyes and the ears. And then the third thing that happened that was really interesting that that allows me to make this prediction was the Equifax breach, breach excuse me, which we talked a little bit about a couple, a couple episodes ago. The biggest thing about that, to me, that was a surprise, is nobody gave a shit. Like, honestly... It was in the headlines two or three days. The dominant headline after that was that they propped up this bullshit T's and C's that if you opted into, you were were allowed to sue them. And then four or five days later, nobody cared. And if you really looked at what happened, a third of the people in the United States were breached uh, by a service that they didn't even know they opted into. It was a seller of a seller of a seller. And nobody cared. There's no outcry. There's nothing. So I, I think when you when you pair those things together and you look at all the technology that's going to be around, and then you look at the non-issue that was Equifax. I can say that because I don't work there. I'm sure if you work there, if mm-hmm. you're part of their attorney in-house counsel, it's a fucking nightmare. But for me, it wasn't that big of a deal, and for most of America, it didn't seem to be, be that big of a deal. All that being said, people are letting go of of pre-constructed notions of privacy for convenience, entertainment, and service. And I think all of that has to do with AI, right? Because everything that James has talked about and even the predictions that you talked about is predicated on I'm letting something understand all of the information on my behalf to go to work for me. And there's, there's, there's going to be a, a greater trust in robots, a greater trust in technology. Um, and I'm excited for it, man. I, it's kind of like a non-prediction but but so I think the, the key time. term is trust, right? Yep. So we talk about privacy, and privacy is a complex idea. And it's one that legal scholars argue over, and it's very, very subjective because it's got a lot of parts. Is it my personal privacy? Is it my financial privacy? What is privacy, right? Is it a matter of degrees? Trust is a like a very simple task. Do I trust you or I do not trust you, right? And when we think about that, I you know, I think the point you're making is, is private, is the point you're making that privacy is going to go away in 2018, or is it that it's going to evolve? So yes, and 
right? So I think it's going to evolve, evolve into something that we don't recognize. So we, past generations have been like, well, you can't have my social security. Now I would never give you my social security. You can't have my credit card. They, they compartmentalize their mm-hmm. privacy. I think the view of privacy will devolve. It, it's not going to I be. I think it already has because we've accepted I'm, the fact that the most, agreed. the best selling item from Amazon on Black Friday was a speaker that listens to every single thing that happens in your house and transmits all that data to Amazon. Yep. And if they tell you that that doesn't happen, that's not true. I mean, we lying to yeah, your face. Well, it, it just <laughs> it has to do that. It has to do that to be able to function. The iPhone X has to be looking at everything that it, that it could possibly see to determine if your face is there. I don't have to push a button. It just it's just consuming all that data. Two years ago, we would never have done that. Just like 10 years ago, we would never would have said, I'm going to let 50 different companies have access to my streaming location data at all times. And yet we carry this phone around. So what I think we've seen is that people are absolutely willing to not only trade their privacy for utility, but they've gotten so acclimated and accustomed to the utility that they don't even think about privacy. So when you say trust, I agree with you that that's trust, but I don't think about trust when I think about Amazon Alexa. I've got that all, I've got, I mean, and maybe I'm you crazy. haven't had anything bad happen to it's, you yet. You're right. You're right. In, in, but, mm. but I did get my information stolen. Yep. Right. And so one third of the U S did have that. But do you know that? Cause when I went and checked mine, they said, it's probable that you got your information stolen. You don't know that you actually so, got your so information. Outside of the Equifax it. breach, I have had my things, my information stolen, my social security number, all that stuff. But I think, I think what I'm trying to say is with the pervasiveness of technology, it, it blends, right? So there's a phenomenon when you're driving, if you're driving next to the same vehicle for long enough, your brain stops recognizing it mm-hmm. because it just it's information chunking. It can't handle it. When, when kids are born with these devices that record both uh, audio and video of everything that you're doing, you, you stop to even understand that it's there. It's just part of the landscape. So you don't even think about it. That's what I mean by like you're evolving. Like I don't think people will believe that it's intrusive to have your things recorded or documented no, or stored. I don't, I don't either. What I think at some point, there will be a point in time where there is some cataclysmic event, right? And in, in, in I think when we look at the trend line, Equifax, what what happens to your hypothetical, excuse me, hypothetical, your hypothesis, cocktails and questions, people. Um, what happens to your <laughs> hypothesis if we, instead of seeing nothing, had seen a rash of identity theft, right? Like if we, if some sort of dark market bad actor had just started like bankrupting people left and right, absolutely it would have gone the other way. Yeah. I think we're actually seeing that the heist was just too big. Like you remember mm. Goodfellas where they're like, no, don't buy anything, right? Don't, 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 hit don't the buy anything. Like you bought your wife a Cadillac with the money, right? What are you, an idiot? You can't, like the heist was so big, you can't do anything with the data. Right. And so maybe we have false optics on this whole Equifax event. Maybe in reality, a smaller one would have shook people up pretty good. Um, I agree with you. I just I don't want anybody to become complacent and think, well, you know, just because my credit card number was stolen and my Social Security number and, you know, on top of it, you know, my passport, nothing's going to happen because privacy doesn't matter. Privacy does matter and trust doesn't matter. It does. But but I I think we're already there. I think that more than one third of the U.S. is at is at that place right now where they. They're just like, eh, it, I think nothing happened to me. 
and and it's okay. And maybe somebody's waiting around with all the social security numbers, waiting for something. When money starts disappearing from consumers' accounts yeah. after one of these things, yep, like literally deducted, people will lose. People, their mind. I, it's a scale thing, right? Yeah. Well, hopefully they're to... backed up by Bitcoin. They'll be fine. Exactly. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully they didn't sell at four hundred. <laughs> yeah. Damn it! Yeah. I should never have admitted that. Dang it, man. That hurt. All right. Um, so we got. Amazon buys three things. AI finally goes to work and people won't give a shit when you openly admit that you're listening and watching to everything that they do, right? I like those predictions for 2018. I think I think those are near term. I think I honestly even though this is our fourth cocktails and questions in a row, which is why James mispronounced that word earlier. Um, I I believe in those predictions and I I think they're um ours to lose, if you will. Um but then there's ours that uh, we can't quite state to be factual, but we mm. think that they might happen. It might be fun if they did. So usually we do a most interesting thing in the week. This episode, uh, episode 12, the dozen, if you will, the dirty dozen. Next one will be Baker's dozen. But uh, I want to do a most inter- interesting thing that will probably happen in 2018. Ben, you got anything? Yeah, so uh, being a uh, proud graduate of the Texas A&M University school system, uh, which now happens to have the biggest contract in the history of NCAA sports, (laughs) Jimbo Fisher, not only will Texas A&M win a college football (laughs) national title next year because money can buy anything, but my prediction is by by the end of next year, some coach will sign a $150 million deal. College? College coach. Oh, They'll wow. double what Jimbo Fisher does. It might be Saban, but somebody's going to sign a 20-year, $150 million deal. Just because now, you do that, you throw that much money, and, and things go crazy. You'd be so crazy that's, if it was an AI coach. There you go. It probably would be better than <laughs> what we're going to get with Fisher. I mean, I bet Belichick's got one. Yeah. yeah. So, he just so has a robot and it just runs and over and he's stealing the playbooks from the other teams. <laughs> and then I got, I got one more, just uh, more in our space. I think Lyft gets acquired yeah. in the next, uh, Ooh, in the next year by somebody that we're not thinking about. So it's either going to be someone like uh, auto manufacturer, you know, folks that have invested in them already. Um, but I think it's going to be a surprise, and I think that it's going to propel them. Uber at the same time is trying to go public. We've seen that they're um, overall, I mean, just just struggling with market share. And I think that Lyft, because of this acquisition, almost catches up with Uber this year. Okay. Mr. Lanyon. So uh, Gary Ullman's going to be in a movie <laughs> called Our Darkest Hour. Yeah. It's about Winston Churchill. I'm very excited to see it. My prediction is that after this comes out, because he's a Brit doing it, not like John Lithgow in The Crown, uh, but (laughs) a Brit doing it, that the UK will be so overcome by nationalist sentiment that uh, they will be upset that they are now been downgraded to the sixth largest economy after France, and they will try and reverse Brexit, and it'll be called Brentrance. That's actually (laughs) going to be the big headline for 2018 in Europe. Exactly. We got to we got to we got to get a stiff upper lip, and we got to we have to go right into the EU. It's called Brentrance. So that I I, I got to be honest, like that's that's that was my my really big thought for 2018 in terms of like what could happen. I mean, there's certain political things you can talk about, but in reality, I I really do hope that happens, and I hope I can go and trademark that term here in the next Put it on the t-shirt. 30 minutes yeah. because I just thought of it up. That's your uh, that's for your personal podcast called <laughs> Opines by James. <laughs> <laughs> um, the insouciance of it all. <laughs> the insouciance. Um, so no follow on. That's pretty good. Uh, you you brought up the cost of uh, 
coaching contracts, which is super interesting. And you brought up the fact that if that were true, the University of Texas would have bought a national championship. That's exactly uh, right. After the last one, uh, but I, I saw the stat that was like team. they did the um, average worth of a, a university or college uh, football player's worth. Uh, University of Texas came in at number one. Each athlete is worth six hundred and seventy thousand dollars a year. That's to the school. To the school. Not, That's a different podcast. That is <laughs> different a different topic because they're probably individually worth about twenty thousand dollars. Exactly. Six hundred and seventy thousand oh, dollars. So if that doesn't make you sick to your stomach, my prediction will. Which is in 2018, we will see a BattleBots version between Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk. Oh. They will finally de-skin themselves, and they will fight on primetime television. I like to see the rocket companies like great. Compete, like, that's how they're like going to get to the battlegrounds, right? Like run the rockets into each other. <laughs> it's, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Blue Origin smashes into <laughs> exactly, SpaceX. Exactly. Take that, Elon. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. I, I can't pretend to predict 2018. I do know that it's going to be fun, but it's not going to be as fun as the 12 episodes we have in our pocket of cocktails and questions. Um, um, Great year. This guy, this has been a blast, man. It's my favorite time of every week. Um, and I have a blast for a living. So that's saying something. Mm-hmm. Um, on the ha- on behalf of Ben Gattis and James Lanyon, Austin, Carly, and the entire Cocktails and Questions crew, thank you for uh, listening to us throughout 2017. We look forward to 2018. Rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends. Uh, enjoy the holidays, holidays, man. Happy New Year. Uh, we'll talk to you very, very soon. And it's not too late to protest net neutrality. Get online, make a stink. Never too late, man. Uh, be good to yourselves, be good to one another. Until next time, we will see you later. Bye.